Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again to the Bread and Circuses podcast. I am Rooster here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pr- pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Good. 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 Uh, we're doing this remotely once again because because uh, life gets in the way of stuff, you know. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm not sure I could pick you out of a police lineup anymore. <laughs> well, you do know I change my look every so often too. So. Yeah, you, you never I'm, know what you're gonna get. I remember when we used to uh, tease you for your biker look and your Pablo Escobar look and your, you know, maintenance guy look My and kicker cowboy look, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was it was an urban cowboy kind of thing. That was yeah. never really. A... That's true. Yeah, you, you nobody would have mistaken me for a real cowboy. Yeah, I don't see you doing any Bronco busting. No, that's for sure. No. So, by the way, I did start watching Yellowstone. It's a pretty good show. Yeah, I understand that it kind of goes off the rail or gets loses a lot of its charm after the first season. Yeah, I don't know if uh, it's got a whole lot of charm to begin with, but uh, Beth Dutton is a kind of woman I would not want to be married to or ever want to mess with. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. So we have a few topics tonight. I want to talk about uh, the Biden balloons. I want to talk about the Ohio train wreck uh, and the train wreck of the train wreck. Uh, Nikki Haley, and then I'm going to save the last subject because it's an uncomfortable one to talk about, okay. to be quite honest. Nikki Haley so, and John Bolton, we have to talk uh, about, because they're both yeah, running for well, president. You know what? Let's just go ahead and jump into the Nikki Haley thing. Okay. Um, I think uh, I feel bad for John Bolton. Like, no one even noticed the guy declared for president. Um, I think it's a joke that he did because he's uh, he is a product of... Uh, Washington and power gone awry. The guy's never met a country he didn't want to bomb. Yeah, it's funny. I first, I mean, he was uh, in the Bush presidency, right? Uh, he was in a lot of them. He's been a warmonger in pretty much every Republican uh, group he's been in with. I first really got to know about him when I was watching Red Eye with Greg Gutfeld before before he became kind of popular, like his first first foray on, on Fox News was a Red Eye. Yeah. And it was on at like 2 a.m., but uh, I would record every episode and watch it. But he had John Bolton on. And for some reason, Greg Gutfeld was enamored with John Bolton. And uh, An- Andrew Levy was his kind of co-host. They called him his the unbudsman. Yep. Um, and Levy was a straight-up uh, libertarian, just hardcore, no-war libertarian, Ron Paul kind of guy. And he hated John Bolton. And it was you could tell he just really – he was never in the same studio with him. Um, at the round table with the Bolton and, and Greenfield. Uh, Levy was always in his own office kind of uh, separate. And uh, whenever they had any interaction, it was, it was pretty tense between uh, Bolton and, and Levy and Gutfeld had to kind of jump in and, you know, smooth it over and make jokes and stuff. But uh, it was, it was funny. I, and the thing is I actually grew to kind of like him as a person on the show because it had him, they had him on a, a handful of times and he did seem to have a sense of humor um, and I didn't realize what a warmonger he was though, until afterwards, until after all that, you know, cause that was kind of my introduction to him other than knowing the name tangentially. 
John Bolton always struck me as uh, if you um, crossed Mark Twain with like Benito Mussolini, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's got the mustache. He's got uh, sort of the Twain-esque look, but uh, yeah, he's a psychopath. Yeah, you know? and, well, did you ever see him in Red Eye? He really came across as very personable and, and, and had a good sense of humor. That's why it was so weird to find out what an asshole he was. Yeah, I... I don't know. He's, I don't think I'd necessarily say he's an asshole because I'm sure he can be quite charming. Uh, but, uh, his, his foreign policy approach to everything is bomb the shit out of him. Yeah. You know? Well, I have a feeling Nikki Haley's not, not too far off from that. So, well, so, um, I really, I I really don't like her. I got asked the other day by someone who, um, yeah, I don't know what I think about her. Um, I got asked some, the other day by a friend, a mutual friend of ours, um, we were talking politics and he said, who do you listen to right now? Like, who's like your main YouTuber podcast person, uh, besides ourselves, you know, obviously. But, uh, I said, um, sticks Hexenhammer. I listen to him a lot and yep. this person had never heard of him. And I'm like, Oh, you gotta, yeah, he's got good analysis and, and it's, it's usually kind of to the point. It's not like rambling, like Tim pool. Yeah, and he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't do the. Uh, again, I love Jeremy. It's quartering. I really do. But his begging for subscriptions lately has gotten old. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten really bad. But anyway, um, Sticks doesn't do any of that. He, um, you know, he doesn't have ads in his stuff. He just gets to the point, and his videos are usually, you know, around the ten minute mark. But he uh, he was playing back some stuff from Nikki Haley about. Um, uh, the Bubba Wallace you know, like, stuff? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. She yeah. Big... The Black Lives Matter, all that kind of stuff that she was like really on the bandwagon with. Oh, uh, Jesse Smollett. Yeah. Um, she was really into the. Um, yeah, she really has been. And I, you know, it's a shame because I think she really fits, you know, at least for the kind of uninformed voter in the middle. She kind of fits that that bill, but she doesn't have the politics to go with it. Well, and I think one of the first things that kind of irritated me about her was her kind of unquestioning, um, shilling for Israel. And, uh, that's always a, a red flag for me. I mean, I, Cause, I'm not, cause you hate I'm, the Jews. Yeah, I'm not, I was just about to say, uh, I'm not anti-Israel. And I think, you know, when it comes to what's going on with the Palestinians and stuff, I don't, I, you know, the, the bombing and all that kind of stuff that they lob over. I mean, that would piss me off if I were, you know, Israelis and I'd want to retaliate and all that, but I don't really know on the ground what it, what it really is like and what they're doing back and forth. So I can't say, but I'm, I'm pro Israel as a country, you know, I think they, they have a right to be there and the uh, Jewish people and Israelis have a right to be there. Um, but as far as politics and stuff, I'm not, I'm not for like unquestioningly just doing stuff for Israel. And, and, and then saying, why do you always call them the damn dirty Jews? Oh, uh, that was not supposed to be on the record. <laughs> Should we edit that? <laughs> I'll, I'll have to remember to go back and edit that. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't remember the pro Israel stuff. I'm, I certainly am probably more pro Israel than anti Israel, but yeah, I'm not I anti. Also... I, sh I wouldn't call myself anti Israel, but I'm, I'm not like blind. It's like the people that are blindly, you know, raw, raw Ukraine. It's the same. It's the exact same attitude and I don't like it. You know, let me, let me put it this way. My view of Israel is probably not a whole lot different than my view of John Bolton. 
that most of their foreign policy is approached like bomb the shit out of it. But the thing I'll say in defense of Israel is they've had a reason to be like that. Yeah, they've, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they... But that's why that's why it has to take a little more scrutiny because their, you know, their mindset, you know, because they've been in, in in the thick of it for so long, they they might be, you know, their viewpoint might be skewed. Whereas if you're, you know, if you're outside and you're going, whoa, they're they're going overboard, but then you say, yeah, but the shit they've been having to go through, of course they're going to go overboard. But that's the thing you gotta you gotta scrutinize it. You can't just blindly go, yeah, whatever they say goes. Let's just send them a bunch of money and. Uh, and the go ahead to do all kinds of stuff under under the radar and, and uh, you know, we'll look the other way. Well, I want to like Nikki Haley, but I just can't can't do it. And I I think she stepped into the ring to try and raise her profile to um, to run for vice president. I really think that's what she's doing. Um, but she keeps doing this thing about. You know, just remember when you kick back, it's it always hurts more when you have heels on. And then she got interviewed by someone on Fox, and I think it was Hannity. Yeah, it was. And she was like, you know, I'm not kicking sideways because he was asking him about how she compares to Trump. She goes, I'm not kicking sideways. I'm kicking forward. And so one of the commentators goes, why is she always kicking stuff? You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> when, when it comes what, to... I think uh, it was Gutfeld on the five. Probably. Why is she always kicking? Yeah, probably. You know? Well, when it comes to the Bubba Walls thing, there's a... Uh, on Twitter here, there's cat turd on Twitter. Um, uh, reminder he put, and then here's her tweet about it. We should all stand with Bubba Wallace today against the cowards who secretly put the noose in his garage stall. Watch your back, cowards. Bubba has a bigger army than you do. Hashtag hate won't win. Hashtag we stand with Bubba. I mean, that's just fucking cringe. I know it is because we knew we knew immediately that it was going to be bullshit. And that 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 it was going to be one of these either misconstrued things or 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 set by somebody that was looking to be aggrieved, and it turned out to be a, a garage door pole that just kind of looked like a noose because it's a loop that you can get your hand in to pull a garage door down. You stupid fucks! <laughs> no, it was it was racists who put in put it in every single one of those. They put it in every, every single, single garage uh, door. Yeah, because uh, they wanted to scare all of those black race car drivers. Yeah. So the fact that she was just so quick to jump on that is yeah, just shows you that she's just not right for this. It's the same kind of mentality that says, uh, Jill Biden's an excellent surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, but I, I don't know. I think she's running for vice president. Um, I think she assumes DeSantis is going to get it. Um, she'd love to, uh, you know, be able to fill that, that, uh, checkbox. Yeah, the Kamala Harris kind of, mm -hmm. you know. Anyway, I I think that's what she's doing. But I think she stepped into the ring with Trump, and I don't think she's prepared for what that can bring. I mean, you know, it's one thing to think you can jump in there and hang with people. When, but when you run into a guy that's, I mean, has got, who's got that much vitriol and is good at it, um, but also has the sense of humor to pull it off, like, you know, I'm not a dick. I know I'm being a dick, but I'm not really yeah. a dick. And make people go, oh, yeah, I guess, you know. Yeah. I don't think she's ready for that. Yep. So I think she thinks she is, which is which is worse. So, <laughs> um, so I want to talk briefly about the, the Biden stuff with the balloons. I know we've talked about this before, but the part that amazes me about this is um, – 
how poorly they can handle this entire thing. So first of all, it was, we didn't know it was there. And then they're like, no, we knew it was there. They've been there all the time. Um, and we didn't shoot it down because we didn't know about it. But now they said they tracked it from the time it launched. They lost it over the Pacific, but they picked it up again. But they knew it was coming from China. And people are just like, none of these stories seem believable. None yeah, you can't believe any of this shit. And that's what's just frustrating. And then you, you don't, you don't, you can't trust the media to, 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 you know, give us the truth. And all the people we listen to don't have inside scoop on anything when it comes to that level of government so we don't know who to believe or what to trust you know but i think i think they forget that they you know that they're constantly being recorded and the stuff can be played back to them it was like not to get sidetracked here but like the whole thing about betsy or not betsy devos she was the education secretary under trump this um the gal who's the uh weingarten randy weingarten who's the head of the national teachers union saying stuff like, I was not for masking and shutting down schools. And they go, uh, here are your tweets. Here's you being interviewed saying it. Here's, you know, I mean, it's like these people think you're never going to do that, you know, that people aren't going to go back and look. And they say, I never said that. You're a liar. And they go, well, here's the here's the clip of you saying it. Yeah. And then they just don't have anything to say. So they have changed this story five or six times. Yeah, I've got an they article here, that, too, that will help us kind of break it down if you... Yeah, information. But they also said now they're not even sure what it was they shot down. They're not sure what it was that they shot down over Lake Huron in Alaska, but it wasn't the Chinese government, yeah. so, and it could have been could have been some uh, um, private company doing it. So they're quick to shoot down something. They have no idea what it is. But when it comes to a, a foreign government that we're you know not in friendly terms with, they they don't they they're hands off. It's fucking retarded. And if you have no idea what it is, how do you know it wasn't a threat? Yeah. Yeah. Now and, 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 I do, yeah. I do think where the conservative media hurts itself is there are some facts we have to stick to here. That balloon was flying at about 70, 60 or seventy thousand feet, which is not an immediate threat to commercial airliners. These other things they shot down were right in that range. Yeah. So, and they weren't showing up on radar very easily. So, I I get that. You know. So when the conservatives are talking about that, they have to, they have to include those facts too, you know? Yeah. Well, from the New York post, their headline is Biden's bonkers balloon bumbling. <laughs> nice alliteration. Yeah. This national security expert has major and M A J O R questions. So, uh, it's pretty funny. They, um, uh, there, there is a lot to be said here, but the, the worst mistake came out on the outset of January 28th when NORAD detected the balloon near the Aleutian Islands and the commander, NORAD's commander, General Glenn Van Herc, said, it was my assessment that this balloon did not present any physical or military threat to North America. You know, that assessment was wrong and uninformed. Uh, could NORAD say indisputably that the balloon's payload, the size of three buses, contained no nuclear or radiological weapons? Could NORAD say indisputably it carried no biological pathogens or toxins it could release into U.S. water supplies? Did NORAD contact foreign capitals to see who would own up to the balloon? No, they did none of that, but they were indisputably, they knew. They knew there was no threat. You know, just like, okay, fuck you guys. Well, I think of all the things that scares me the most is the idea of an EMP. 
Well, according to the, uh, here, hold on a sec. Uh, so it was trans transmitting signals assuredly back to China. Um, and if the balloon were innocent and merely astray, it is inherently incredible that Beijing, knowing its position in real time, did not immediately alert Washington. Of course, China may well have been lying even then, but may, but by remaining silent, hoping the balloon uh, ultimately traversed the United States without being detected, Beijing showed its true colors. You know, so it's it was pretty ballsy on China, China's part. You know, they could have said, "Oh, they they knew where it was. They obviously wanted it to go this way." And but if, if they if they didn't know what happened to it they would have uh, and assumed that it might be drifting this way. If they were a friend to us, they would have alerted that, Hey, we've got some sort of balloon and, you know, it may get in your airspace just a heads up, you know? Yeah. So, um, the fact that they didn't say anything even after we, we saw what it was. And then, and then finally, when we decided to shoot it, then they go, Oh, that that's a private, uh, you know, whatever. It's not military. So, you know, <laughs> it could be, it could be civilian. Oh, they called it civilian. They called it. So, yeah, I'm not buying anything they're selling at all. So yeah. Well, yeah. someone will probably point out, yes, you are. You bought all sorts of stuff. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yes, I'm. Li I'm talking figuratively. Yes, are we literally buying stuff from China? Uh huh. We are. Hundred uh, percent. There's something I was reading here. I'm kind of trying to find where it was, but there's like some sort of thing where China has a shitload of these balloons, and they they kind of have the ability to get them out quickly and they're a little bit like you said harder to detect on the on the radar the specific location of them um and they could put payloads in them they could put shit in like you said emps or biological shit in them and you know when they get shot down they could you know spread to whatever well so. uh you can buy one of these uh a smaller version of these balloons you can buy a weather balloon on amazon for 100 bucks yeah I mean, a 20 foot across or 16 foot across kind of balloon, you can buy one from Amazon, fill it up in your backyard and let it go. So it's not really a big deal. Um, and it's not surprising that they could have these. Um, what's surprising is that we haven't thought to detect for them. Now, from what I understand, you know, once we kind of know, and they, they were talking about this with the one that got shot down over Lake Huron, once we sort of know what we're looking for, then it's a lot easier to find them, yeah. you know? So, but I, I think, you know, part of their story was, well, this happened in the Trump administration. They got everyone from the Trump administration going on there. It didn't happen at all. And then they go, well, yeah, we just didn't tell you, you know? And then that's what makes me start to worry about, you know, what are the intelligence agencies doing? If they believe they don't have to tell the president stuff. Yeah. Well, that's like, um, yeah. Yeah. Because that's also one of Biden, the Biden administration story as well. The Pentagon knew about this, but they didn't tell us. Now, that may be them just making up another story. But if that's true, now I start to worry about, you know, what are the FBI and the Pentagon and all those doing on their own? Well, you know? they were they were the same shit they were doing when Trump was in office and they didn't tell them what they were doing. <laughs> well, but Mark Milley went so far as to say, um, I think he's the Joint Chiefs. Uh, guy said, you know, if uh, Trump was going to do something, I'd call up my counterpart in China and tell him. Yeah. As far as I understand, that's the definition of treason. Yeah. Well, what, what, where was it that Trump ordered troop, troop, uh, troop drawdown or something? And they said, yeah, sure, we're doing that. And they didn't. 
I thought that was Syria. Yeah, one of those where they bragged about it afterwards. They go, yeah, you know, some sort of meeting where they're saying, yeah, Trump told us, but we just said, sure, sure, sure. We're doing it. And we never did. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. Yeah. So. Crazy stuff. So yeah. along those lines, uh, let's talk about the um, Ohio train wreck. Yeah. Palis- so, Palestine or Palestine. How, what, how do they pronounce it? Yeah, it's the uh, it's not Palestine. It's, it's Palestine or Palestine, something like that. Yeah, Palestine, you know, whatever, uh, in Ohio. And so from what I understand of the story, and I can't remember the um, the train company that had this, they basically sent this train through with some very hazardous materials on it, um, things like dioxin. And some of this stuff was basically the same as uh, – um, the gas they used in World War One. Yeah, and then also stuff that bonds with water, so it can make it makes acid rain, that kind of stuff. Well, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, they said um, there's a there's one. It's water bonding or soluble, and um, they they have actually vi- video or pictures of someone's car that has damage, as if you know, like back in the day when acid rain was an issue <clears throat> over California. Well, they basically said that. Um, you know, they didn't have to report this as transporting hazardous materials because not enough cars out of the whole train had them, which is disturbing in of itself. You know, like if they say, well, uh, 20% of these cars having hazardous materials means we have to say it's hazardous. So let's just uh, throw some more cars on there of other stuff and then we don't have to. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's about how it works, right? Yeah, so as I understand it, this uh, train derailed. Um, They say there's no foul play. Again, I don't know if there is or not. I just, I don't trust anything anybody on TV or from the government tells me. Yeah, especially since you've heard all these uh, stories about the disruptions of the uh, power plant or the um, electrical grid. And they caught two people just recently that tried to take down, I can't remember what, what state it was. But, that uh, was Georgia. Yeah, they caught two people, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife kind of team that were plotting to take down the uh, the electrical grid, blow it up and all that. And it's like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah, those, you know, they always blame this stuff on like sort of neo-Nazis. And it turns out that those two actually were. So, yeah, it's it's uh, you know, it, it's going to be a cross section of crazies that do shit like this. <clears throat> blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. Yeah. Um, anyway. So this train, however it happens, derails. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, it's got some of these hazardous materials. And the, the company with the train comes in with, you know, Homeland Security apparently or HHS or whatever and, and says some government entity and says, hey, you know, uh, these might blow up and we don't want them blowing up on their schedule. So let's blow them up on ours. Um, sort of a controlled burn or something. And it turns out that that looks like it didn't go very well. And so now people's pets are dying or getting very sick. People are saying, you know, they're telling us it's all clear and we're going back and we're getting headaches and, um, you know, our eyes are burning and, um, you know, the, everybody's saying, nope, everything's fine. You can go back. Uh, um, I would drink bottled water, but other than that, you can go back. <laughs> Um, you know, and they're like, oh, well, when I saw thousands of or hundreds of fish dead in the lakes uh, or in the streams, I thought, yeah, maybe I shouldn't drink the water kind of thing. Well, uh, this is the Ohio River, and it supplies drinking water to millions of people. 
And now there's people in Canada saying up by Niagara Falls, they're like, you know, we can tell this happened. And you never know how many people are just saying that kind of stuff. But this appears to get, have gotten completely out of hand. Um, and Pete Buttigieg, who is the uh, transportation secretary, once again, is nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Well, uh, I mean, he is getting interviewed about uh, on how um, highways and bridges are racist. So there's that. Yeah, and he did one of these things again, and I, I just hate this argument about, you know, we have to have people who look like us, you know, teaching yeah. us things or whatever. And he said, you know, these these uh, underprivileged areas finally get these projects. Of course, he says they never get them, so that's why he's there for it. And then uh, once they do get these big projects, none of the people who uh, come to work on the project look like they live there. You know, they're all different different races and stuff, not the races, the people around the world. First of all, if you're saying they don't get the projects done and it takes people like you to come in and make sure those areas get them, but then they hire people who don't look like who's the racist, you know, if you made it happen, but you didn't make it happen the right way. It's sort of like all these, all these educators who say we have rampant white supremacy in our uh, school system. Who's running the school system? Yeah. You know, it's the, it's the teachers union, which is diehard Democrats. Um, so and then, you know, he says, well, it's, you know, these people who don't look like they live there. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, construction, like everything else, but especially construction should be a meritocracy. You yeah. know what? If you can do it best, if you show do up to it, work and you do it well, that's the people we want. Yeah. And you do it at a price that's reasonable that then you get it done. And if you want to say that, you know, hey, more girls need to be involved in STEM and more minorities get to be in construction. Um, well, first of all, I mean, half of the construction people I've seen, half are uh, Hispanic and don't speak any English, mm. you know, great workers and they do fine. But I don't know where they think all these blue collar looking white guys are who yeah. are in construction. Yes, there are definitely a lot of white guys in construction, but there's a lot of central and south americans too yeah, and then they go you well know? it's they might be the hard workers but like the foremans the 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 ones that are telling them what to do those are the white guys and i'm like nope you got that wrong too because every time i've dealt with contractors in minnesota here um nine times out of ten they're not even they're hispanic or south american you know yeah so yeah because those are the guys who want to show up and do that work yeah you know uh Speaking of uh, of race in Ohio, uh, did you hear about this uh, Ohio police probe a report that black students assaulted and forced white students to say Black Lives Matter during recess at an elementary school? No. Students could face charges of menacing and assault. And there was video of it, but they refused. They're not going to show it, of course. You know, you know why. Yeah. So here's the article on uh, Fox. Uh a group of Springfield, Ohio elementary school white students were allegedly threatened and assaulted after a group of black students told them to say black lives matter or else. Um, their Springfield police department said an officer responded to Kenwood elementary school just before 1020 AM Monday in reference to an incident that happened on Friday. When the officer arrived, he spoke to the school's principal who said an incident occurred in the playground during recess, told that a group of black students gathered several white students in the playground and forced them to say black lives matter against their will. Suspects also allegedly recorded the white students who were forced to make the statement. 
Uh, he also told police that students who tried to avoid the situation were chased down, dragged, or carried to pick a particular spot on the playground with one student getting punched in the head by the suspects. <laughs> surveillance footage of the incident noted uh, surveillance footage the incident noted was being prepared for police when the officer spoke to the principal. Five victims so far. But, you know, there's uh, unrelenting white racism against black uh, black people everywhere, and, and white kids and white adults are attacking blacks at, at every every turn. But uh, this stuff doesn't really happen. Well, if it wasn't for the white people being so racist, the black people wouldn't have to do this. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's really what – it's just like the cops in Memphis who beat the hell out of the guy and killed him. Um you know, if it hadn't been for just the white racist culture, yeah. other than the fact that, that they that they're starting to think that there was some sort of a, a revenge beating, did you hear about this? Yeah, I've that heard the, that rumor uh, that but... possibly this guy was dating one of the officers' uh, baby mama. And yeah, uh, I and, heard that rumor, and it was to send a message. You know, so um, I'm not saying it happened, but uh, it's plausible. <laughs> the more likely excuse I heard was that. Um, you know, with this defund the cops thing now, um, that they've had to lower their standards to get more minorities in. And some of the people they're hiring actually have criminal records. Yeah. They, they dropped some of the, some of the, uh, prohibitions against like having a felony and, um, some psychological stuff. So, yeah. Well, so a friend of mine, you and I know a lot of cops, but a friend of mine, who's a cop, I asked him about that video and i said what do you think he goes i don't know who trained those people he goes they they didn't know how to hold hold somebody down they didn't know how to uh, you know use mace or tasers yeah, or they, they were spraying each other with the mace for crying out loud yeah it's just all over the place he goes it was like a shit show yeah. you know so yeah. um but yeah that's happening there's stuff like that happening in my son's school there's um you know, kids, black kids walking around with signs that say, say you love black people and, yeah. and just and getting, getting belligerent and, and trying to force the, and, and intimidate the white students. And then you've got the, the, the other contingent of liberal white students that are, that love being part of that mob and, and mop up on the other white kids. So, or, or I should say not just white kids, but anybody that, uh, that, you know, um, doesn't go with the, with the program. So black people that would, or black kids that wouldn't go along with it would be targeted also. Well, I, I think it was uh, Harding High School here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Is that St. Paul? Harding? Uh, sounds like it, yeah. Um, anyway, the Twin Cities area. A 16-year-old stabbed a 15-year-old to death. Yeah. And uh, now the parents are saying, hey, and I think both of them were, and usually the race thing doesn't matter here, but in this case, I think it does. I think it was one black kid stabbing another black kid. Um, but these are the families i don't know about these two families specifically but you know the whole black lives matter in minneapolis thing was get the cops out of the schools yeah and so now they're saying they want these school resource officers or sros back and it's like you guys are finally getting what you uh what you get when you like they always say play stupid games win stupid prizes now i feel awful that this 15 year old kid lost his life, but this is a predictable outcome you see coming when you don't go after bad kids. And I'm not saying all the bad kids are black kids. Um, but 
a lot of these kids who are bad are black kids because they know somebody's not going to punish them for it because it's either disproportionate and they won't do it or they feel the, all this white guilt and they can't yeah, do it. I just need, they need to stop with the, with the, with the, um, exploiting racial things like this, especially non-existent ones where they're like the perfect example of the bubble walls bullshit, uh, fomenting this kind of like, you know, whites are out to get blacks attitude in social media and in, in academia and just regular culture and music, you know, rap and all that. Um, and, and then every new story you see where it has like the black guy that ran over the surgeon on his bicycle last week. Yeah. Uh, yep. and then, then stabbed him after he, after he hit him, uh, knocked him off the bike and then ran up and stabbed him. And according to a witness was yelling, yelling, you know, about white privilege. And then, uh, what's the other one? Uh, the, the latest uh, school shooting was a 43 year old black man. Just randomly oh, Michigan state. And yeah, I'm sure it wasn't all black students. He was shooting. I'm sure it was, you know, you're not hearing the races, but I'm assuming that there were some white kids involved in this. So, and white, uh, so I, and what do you, th what happens when that happens? Do you, do you see riots in the street? Do you see, um, crosses going up and clan members going, you know, recruitment sur surging for the KKK? No, you see white people going, yeah, criminal justice needs, we need to start locking up criminals. We don't start targeting just black people, but we're saying, Hey, we're not going to be kid gloving black people when they're doing fucking crime. Well, it's, you know, it's getting out of hand. Um, I know some people who work in the school district around here that say in some of the elementary schools, they've had whole grades of teachers. Now, a lot of times the teachers in similar grades sort of hang together because their classes are in a lot of the same schedules and stuff. And um, a couple of the grades worth of kids have just said, we're this close to all of us walking out. So you're talking elementary school, all the third grade or kindergarten teachers or something just leaving and being done. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's because the, these kids are disruptive and they can't do anything about it or no one will do anything about it. Or, uh, you know, they're in a lot of cases, they're trying to mainstream some kids that when you and I were going to school would not have been mainstreamed. They would have been listed as special needs kids and they would have had, you know, their own school for them, which seemed to work, but they say, well, why should these kids be stigmatized like that? It's like, well, because, because they legitimately know, need to be. You disrupt the entire class. Yeah, there's a know? reason for it. It's not just arbitrary. You're not just grabbing random kids because of their skin color. Yeah. Uh, well, 13 Baltimore high schools, uh, and thir 13 of them, th none of the kids uh, uh, became or, or tested proficient in math. So uh, your one, number one... is wrong. It's 23. Really? So this must be an old yes. article I'm looking at. This is from November 9th. Oh, this is 2017. Yeah. Okay, sorry. This is an old one. It's, the recent one was 23. So... Yeah. Let's think about this for a second. 23 schools in the Baltimore area don't have one single kid who is age efficient or Holy age proficient crap. in math. Yeah. Not 23. One. Yeah. So this is going back years and years. And years. So that one I pulled up was old, 2017. And it's yeah. still happening, 2023. So from 2017 to 2023, it went from what, 13 to 23 schools? Yeah. And so, uh, what, uh, what's the common denominator here? Is it Democrats? Uh, no, it's, it's white supremacy. Oh, okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So, so I saw an, I saw an interview with a woman on Fox, a black woman who, uh, who has a kid in that's in one of those schools mm -hmm. has two other kids, um, pulled her kids out of that school and is now going to pull the youngest one out 
but she admits she says the oldest one we had problems with he just he wouldn't do his work just wouldn't do it so she goes we moved him to a private school still had issues there because he wouldn't do the work she goes but at the public school they were just going to pass him yeah and she said i went to the school and said you got to hold him back because he's not doing the work you can't reward him with passing for not doing anything so she is begging the school do not you know move my kid onto the next age group and they said guess why they were going to do it i don't know take a guess self-esteem oh yeah because it could harm self self-esteem yeah yeah okay. i'm sorry if you can't do age-appropriate oh. math in school it should hurt your yeah. self-esteem yeah here's the curse here's her quote so i actually had requested for him to be held back and the response i got was that socially they were concerned about their ramifications i said yeah but you're promoting him and he hasn't done the work he doesn't deserve it i don't even, yep. don't even understand how he was able to graduate high school to be honest she continued <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh yep, that's the woman I'm talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's oh man, she's well she says right here, I think it's it's about holding our administrators accountable. Uh she told Dana Perino on Monday, you have to be vocal, you have to be involved, you have to question, you have to challenge and I think that when we look at our CEO and we're seeing how much money she's making and we're still seeing that our students are not thriving, you're starting to question the funds where their funds are being allocated. It's not about where they're being allocated. First of all, it's it's accountability. Um they could they could make do with half as much money and and it wouldn't change or they can give double the money and it wouldn't change it's accountability well so what are they going to do and this was a question i was asking this person i know who works in a school what are they going to do when a third of the teachers just decide they're not coming they're done and this person said right but they lose their pensions when they do that teachers do and i said that doesn't answer my question. That sounds like a, I'm crossing my fingers that it will be too painful for them to do that. So they won't do it. You know, yeah. that's not a, I mean, that's when you say stuff like, you know, you buy a new house and you go, what are you doing? The roof leaks. And the builder looks at you and goes, I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, you're going yeah. great. But what if it does? They go, you know what? It's a new roof. Shouldn't happen. I hear you. What happens when it does? Yeah. They just go, Pfft. You know, you know, a roof on this house won't leak. Yeah. It won't. Look at that roof. It's a good roof. You know, so I we're get, we're heading, we're barreling toward a crisis in public education that I've said all along. To be honest, I welcome because public schools as we know it need to be burned down figuratively. And rebuilt in a way that makes some well, damn get, sense. Get rid of the whole Department of Education completely. Well, now you're going to get me on this department. We could get rid of the Department of Energy and the Department of Education. Right. We could get rid of a lot of departments. Uh, we don't so. need federal departments for the, the education. States can handle it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's one of the problems um, when the feds get involved with everything and they throw more money at shit, taxpayer money at shit. It doesn't make it better. It just makes it more bureaucracy. Well, speaking of feds and money... There was uh, one subject I forgot to, and I want to touch on briefly before we uh, get into this one that makes me really uncomfortable. Uh, so, you know, this uh, thing about the Biden administration pushes through these 87,000 new IRS agents and everybody said, no, 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 they're not going to they're not going to go after everyday working people. They're going to go after the billionaires and stuff because we've got to make those people pay their fair share. The latest numbers show that the top 1% pays over 50% of the taxes in this country. Yeah. 
and the bottom 50% pays less than 1%. I do not doubt that. It used to be something called the rule of 550. Roughly the top 5% paid 50%, and the bottom 50 paid 5%. It has gotten worse. And I'm tired of when you point this out to people who say the rich don't pay their fair share. And you say, here are the numbers. And they go, no, that's not true. And you're going, it's coming right from the IRS. You can look it up yourself. Bureau of Labor and Statistics. It's right there. You know? And they go, well, they should pay it because they can afford it. It's like, you just said that the tax system is broken. And now that I pointed out to you, you said, no, this is fine. We can disagree on that. That's okay. But you don't... you. You don't understand. You just shot your own argument in the ass. And you, you, have gave to, up on it. you have to understand that the only way, the only reason to hire 87,000 more agents is because they want to get more people paying, which means not just rich people, middle class, right. lower, lower middle class people. So, so they say things like, we're not going to take your guns away, you know, and all these people go, no one is saying they're going to take your guns. And then you get and every I'll, clip of everybody saying, of all the yeah, politicians saying. And you saying get it. Biden saying that yeah. and uh, Beto O'Rourke, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. And then they mm-hmm. say, uh, I'm not going to take your gas stoves. You know, you're this is gaslighting. You guys are just saying that, except you have cities like New York that are banning gas stoves and new construction and other uh, Democrat strongholds that are making it so hard for you to uh they put constraints on them that the manufacturers don't even produce them at that point you know and then there's the um conser- uh consumer safety products commission run by this uh turnka guy who looks like uh you know one of these well he is a former union guy saying so are we doing this i mean it's internal emails or doing this or not kind of stuff it's like you keep lying to me and then they say we're not going to have these IRS agents go after everyday people. Well, who are they going after now? They're going after tipped employees. Yeah. <laughs> they say, yep. you guys aren't reporting your tips. Now, for the most part, having worked in the uh, service industry for a long time myself, I will say that is definitely true. It's baked there in the cake. There are tons of people. What's that? It's baked in the cake. This, this is something you know is going to happen. That, yeah. That you're so, not going to report every bit of it, especially if it's cash. Right. Now, so many people use um, electronic payments now. That's what they write their tips on, okay? So the only tips you're not getting reported are the cash ones you get, which is very, very little, okay? So all of these agents are going to be going after stuff like this. So again, they lied. But you want to hear my latest conspiracy? I know you love it when I have conspiracy theories because I hate them. I think they know all along that this is what's going to happen, that people are going to start using cash more because of the ESG stuff where your bank can shut off your card, mm-hmm. um, you know, because, uh, because they're taxing the hell out of all these transactions. I think they know full well that people are going to start moving towards using cash more. Well, you what's know? the end game then? Why? Because, well, so... Let's say you are a business and you um, you decide to start doing more cash transactions, okay? Uh, that's money they're not going to get. So let's say you, uh, you make stuff and sell it on Etsy, okay? If you sell it on the website, yes. But if you have a show that you go to and you sell this stuff, a lot of these transactions are cash, you know? Probably yeah. 20% of them. 
And they're going, no, those people don't have to report them. So they're thinking there's billions of dollars out there in this stuff. You know, in the meantime, they come up with all of these. I'm not going to call them loopholes because they're not loopholes. They're actually in the tax code where they let people. And again, for me, this is why Bill Gates owns all the farmland because he gets to write all that farmland off his taxes. You know, so maybe you, maybe you get rid of that to that law change that so you don't get to claim a bunch of you're not a farmer you're not making your living doing this you know you don't get to uh you don't get to claim all this stuff you know there's an old john stewart joke when he was with the daily show he was like yeah i reported on my taxes that i own a farm um and he goes and by own a farm i had i mean i had a salad for lunch Hmm. you know now, and so there's just there's too much of that sort of shenanigans. Start of your, I'm not quite getting your conspiracy theory. So let me get this straight. You think they want us to start using more cash? Uh, no, I think they know people are going to. Okay, so they know people are going to, but they they're implementing all this, which is pushing more people to go back towards cash. And so, what's so, the end game? Is what I'm saying. They, they, me, if they know that's happening, you, then what do they want to do with this? They, let me I give thought you a they perfect, would, want, yeah, I thought they'd want to stop us from using cash. Uh yeah, no, they want to stop us from doing it, but they know we're going to do it. So now they hired more IRS people to track okay, down the cash transactions okay, that they don't want. I wasn't putting that together. The IRS okay, agents. Great, great personal example. I had a savings plan, which I know you've seen before. Um, save all my change save all of my $5 bills, you know, just it forces me to put a certain amount of money in my savings account all the time. Uh, and a lot of that I invest into my stocks and all those things. So I was with my accountant and he goes, we were just on the subject and he goes, don't do that. And I'm like, why? I can explain where all this cash comes from. You know, I, I keep track of it. I can show you where it comes from. I go to the bank I take cash out, that cash that I use, you know, I put my $5 bills in here. He goes, yeah, makes sense to me. He goes, the IRS doesn't care. Yeah. I go, well, what are they going to do? He goes, I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to take your fucking money. They're going to say, how do we know you're not out selling something? You know, just you're, uh, you've got a side gig where you're making stuff like a set of Etsy and you're just selling it because, uh, you know, it looks like you're putting three, 4,000 bucks a year in your savings account and it's all cash. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, looks like you've been doing this for about five years. The penalty on that is X, Y, Z. And he goes, that penalty is going to be about 80% of the money it would cost to fight that. And he goes, it's just easier at that point for you to write him a check. Yep. And that's what those 87,000 RARS agents are going to be doing. Yeah. They're going to fuck with you. They're going to be, they're going to be digging through all your fucking uh, bank transactions to find anything that just looks funny. And I thought, Hey, you're being silly. And then the other day I went in and I deposited, um, some money in the bank from work, you know, totally legit. It's, you know, tracked and all this stuff. And I said, I want, uh, I want 500 bucks back out of the deposit. And they said, okay, you just need to sign here. And I said, sign what? They said, sign the deposit ticket. It's a bank I've used forever. I go, what the fuck for? Mm-hmm. And they said, because you're taking more than $500 back. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Hmm. So now they want you to sign and say, I acknowledge I took $500 out. 
And I looked at the bank and I said, this is about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Again, I've been at this bank for a long time, lots of business accounts. And he goes, I know he goes, but that's new federal regulations. Hmm. He goes, we gotta do it like this is bullshit. So when you vote for this stuff, people, and they come for your tips. Okay. And I don't want to hear shit about full-time waiters and waitresses only making $27,000 a year. That's a lie. You know, I mean, it's a flat out lie. Um, but they're doing, they're doing well on their tips. Um, but when they start coming for that stuff, these are the people you voted for. Yep. You know? Yep. So you get what you voted for. Unfortunately, the rest of us sometimes have to suffer through it too. So. Yeah. Um, by so sometimes get, you mean all the time. <laughs> yeah. So can I get to my uncomfortable topic? Yeah. I don't know what we're going to talk about here. So. Okay. So have uh, you have to look up and by have to, I mean, don't do it. Um. Riley, I think her name is Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines is the swimmer who swam against Leah Thomas in the NCAA championships. Um, Leah Thomas is the man who's pretending to be a woman. And yes, I called him a man because he is. The science says every chromosome in his body is replicating male DNA. Um, I don't care what he feels like. Uh, so he... Um, he starts swimming as a woman, wins the NCAA championship and something. Well, Riley was the swimmer from Kentucky who tied him. Okay, yep. One one-hundredth of a second they tied. Yep. So they said, you know what? We only have one trophy, so uh, we're going to give it to Leah. And she's like, uh, why don't we both take a picture with it? And they're like, yeah, PR. I mean, they flat out tell mm -hmm. her this. So uh, they said, you can stand next to him on her. They said her on the podium. And she, so she's out talking about this now and she's saying stuff like no one prepared me for the guy pretending to be a woman. My words, not hers um, in the locker room who strips down right in front of you and has fully intact male genitalia and is just staring at you, you know, mm -hmm. this six foot two, you know, uh, bigger shouldered, you know, thinner waist she goes, you can't win. And she goes, I think of every person who placed ninth or 17th who would have been an All-American if not for this guy, you know? Yep. So she tells some of those behind-the-scenes stories. But then she starts to get into, and I, I didn't see where this podcast was that she was doing this on YouTube, but it's three guys sitting there with her. She starts getting into some of the sexual deviancy that uh, Leah Thomas has been posting on Facebook. Uh, or before that on Instagram and stuff with all of, with his bed and dressed up with like a woman, all coquettishly sort of posing and all this with this serious bondage stuff all over the wall, you know? And look, you can be into whatever freaky stuff you want to be into. I, I don't care. But when you are just throwing this stuff out there, you know, um, that's sort of kind of look at me, look at me. And that is the part I think is sort of deviant, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you want to play your slap and tickle games behind closed doors, that's your business. You do you. Oh boy. But when you, when you want to put it out there for everyone to see, especially when you know you're a high profile person like that, there's something up with that. So anyway, if you watch this and oh. I encourage you to not, I'm because right. they start to get into 
the things that Leah Thomas did uh, to change his, you know, he had his surgery apparently and everything. And let me just say there is a part of this person's anatomy that he has kept in a jar and uh, poses for pictures with. Well, they're, they're degenerate freak shows. We know this. We know, I know it's not just it's not just oh I'm I feel I'm I feel like I'm a woman in, in a man's body. No, it's a sexual uh, deviancy. It's a it's a it's a kink. Yeah, and it's they, a picturing and, and, and yourself it, as a woman, and thing. it goes along with all kinds of other uh, degeneracy. Uh, here now, I'm looking it up because you told me not to. Uh, yeah, Rebel I, Rebel News. I wouldn't. The headline wouldn't, and don't don't talk about what. Look, I'm I'm serious here. This had an effect on me for the last 48 hours. Well, this is not going to bother me. I, I I gotta. This is the headline: Transgender swimmer Leah Thomas exposed for autogynephilia and fetish, fetishistic lifestyle. And autogynephilia is where you get sexually aroused by thinking you're like if you're a man and you're pretending to be a woman. Yeah. That that and it's not just about how I how I my genders are misinterpreted. This no, it's about a sexual fetish where you yeah. get you get off on it. And that's exactly what I, we've been saying. I've been saying all along. Well, if you watch this video, it goes even into more detail. That kind of made me throw up my mouth a little bit. But, yeah, I'm uh, not going to get into the, into the complete girl stuff here, yeah. but um, yeah, it's uh, Daily Wire, Wire journalist uh, Jake Crane, I guess, is the one that uh, sat down with the NCAA women's swimmer Riley Gaines. Um, so he's been going into this and he did a lot of research and, uh, that's the one, I think that's who you're talking about where you, where you found out a lot of this from, uh, you know, so it goes in our research, we found the observant who identified multiple IG posts about autogynephilia that Leah Thomas, uh, who goes by Leah Timmis because it has different accounts, I guess. Yeah. Allegedly engaged with, so he engaged with these pages or, and, uh, yeah, AGP. Uh, is a male propensity to be sexually aroused by the thought of himself as a female. What we found is jarling Rocaine. Um, uh, the public account is called Leah K. Leah K. Thomas. Featured a handful of generic photos with message, messages like "Let trans kids play," and then a private account, which is Leah Timmis, who cited uh, uh, research of Nicole Warro, who uncovered multiple invest, uh, Instagram posts about Thomas's preoccupation with their fetish, fetishistic trans transvitism is what they call it, <laughs> man. Yeah. So, so it just, just gets darker and darker and darker. Yeah. It gets really dark. And these are not people we should look up to as being, you know, strong and brave and all that stuff. No, these are people who need help. And again, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, the government or anybody should be involved in your personal life. But this is not about a guy who wants to swim because his identity has him as a woman. It, there is a whole bunch of dark shit oh, involved here. Uh, satanic, demonic, all kinds of stuff they're talking about here, too, where they... Yeah, and I don't yeah. know if that's true or not. Even if I, it's just to be uh, um, um, edgy, it doesn't matter. It goes hand in hand with all this shit. All, all this dark, uh, creepy shit goes hand in hand. Yeah. And so I, I, I look at this and I think these are not the people we should be celebrating. It's like, again, uh, Greg Gutfeld brought up a great point. He goes, I don't have a problem with uh, drag shows and stuff. He goes, you want to go to them? Go to them. He goes, don't make my kids sit through one, you know? Yeah. And this is the same sort of thing. Don't tell me 
you're strong and brave because you're swimming as a woman when you're a man. When you have all this other shit, that's the reason you're doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I'm, you know, when you say uh, keep these freak shows away from your kids because don't let them go to these drag queen story hours um, where where it's actual sexualization of themselves or of the kids and they're saying no it's all innocent no it's not motherfucker no it's not it's there there's there's a sexual fetishization of all this stuff with these kids when, when, especially when you really really insist on involving kids well, I remember back in my single days, and you and I, I think, have talked about this before. You'd you'd be out at the bars, and there's a place in Minneapolis called the Gay 90s that was open later. So bars closed at, like, midnight or 1, and the 90s was open to like, 3 in the morning. So you'd be talking to these women at bars, and they'd be like, hey, let's let's go to the 90s from here. And most of the time, it was – some of the time it was because they wanted to keep drinking and hanging out with you or whatever – but most of the time it was because they wanted to put you as a guy in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Cause you're, if, if you're a guy who goes to the gay nineties, a, a heterosexual guy who goes to the gay nineties after one o'clock in the morning, it's basically like being at the Rocky horror picture show and saying, Hey, this is my first time ever watching this. I mean, you are, you are part of the audience at that point and you're part of the performance and it, you know, so they would do it just to make you uncomfortable. So, I don't have a problem with that. We're adults. We can make our own decisions. Um, I never went there for that specific reason. You know, I didn't want to subject myself to that kind of embarrassment. But now you've got those same performers want to be in front of kids. And my question would be, what the fuck for? You know, why? And it's it's a rhetorical question, but none of the answers to that would be good. You know, this is not about you know, broadening kids' horizons and stuff. And that's not what school is supposed to do. School, you know, the, that's college and stuff. You can, your world can open up there. That's fine. But in, you know, school, K through 12, I want my kids to learn reading and math and stuff like that. But I also, not, I also want the cultural aspect of it where you've got, you can't, you, parents aren't supposed to bring kids into bars, you know? Right. And, but you, but now you're letting, you know, in the, in the name of, uh, you know, inclusion and, uh, whatever, um, you're allowing parents to bring kids into bars. You know, I think we need to come up with a new term for these people who want to do weird stuff with our kids in the name of equity and diversity. You know, I think we should call it subversity. Okay. Cause I think that's what they're doing. I mean, I mean, it is all about subverting the, um, the, you know, the nuclear family and Christianity and all that kind of stuff. It's what it is. It's, it's anything that's good and beautiful. They want to destroy. Yeah. So, and they want to replace it with things that are ugly and deviant. I mean, it's true. They even say that's what they, that's their goal. Um, I don't know what the ultimate goal is some sort of, uh, you know, socialist utopia, but, uh, you know, from getting point A to, to socialist ut- utopia, the steps in between don't make a whole lot of fucking sense. Other than the fact yeah. that you have to destroy something to, to you know, rebuild for anew is what they want to do. So destroying society and all the cultural norms in order to create something beautiful anew. But in, in the meantime, you're creating the most satanic, ugly bullshit. You know, it's, it's, it's stuff that really fucking makes me angry. So well, did you uh, see Matt Walsh? Uh, you know, he's been going on about this Dylan Mulvaney, this fucking guy that's been doing his 100 or 300 days of girlhood. You know, this, this, this fucking, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and he finally did his plastic surgery because he's been grifting off this for whatever how long and people give him money and now he's can now he can afford to have his his uh plastic surgery to make him look more feminine and all that kind of stuff and matt walsh went off he goes you're, you're not a woman you're 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 like a real life uncanny valley <laughs> he's like you're in person uncanny valley there's you're it's creepy <laughs> You're not feminine. You're not entirely masculine, but you're not feminine. And, uh, and it's disgusting. And you're, you know, he's, he just went off and it was, it was no holds barred. And then people were going off on him. Even conservatives were saying, oh, you've gone too far, Matt. You just, you're just being so mean. He's like, I'm not going to count. I'm not going to, what is being nice gotten for us? <laughs> so. Yeah. And I'm, I'm at that point with this shit. It's like, it's like, you can't, you can't just go. Well, you know, I can see this point and that point. At this point, it's like, no, it's it, this is bullshit. It's wrong. There is definitely a slippery slope. Uh, gay marriage is it. We're done. That there's nothing else. Uh, nothing else. That that all the taboos are there for a fucking reason, and they're going to stay that way. Well, uh, we need to look at wrapping up here, but I have to sneak in one proud dad moment. Okay. So my son, who was in a U.S. history class with a teacher who was like a full-on Bernie bro. That's a woman, though, by the way. Bernie bra, whatever. So a Bernie female fan. And she well, You know uh, what said, I'm thinking? I'm not going to say it. <laughs> okay. So she, um, she was talking about how socialism was great and everything. And my son raises his hand and goes, how do you figure? And she goes, well, how do you know it's not? He goes, well, every teacher now... I give him credit because he looked up to see how much his teacher makes, which you can do. And she's an older teacher, so she's been around a while. She makes well above the sort of average in Minnesota for teachers. And he said, you know, under socialism, all the teachers get paid the same. <laughs> and she goes, no, that's not true. He goes, yeah, they get, they'd get paid the average, so all the teachers would make about $58,000. And you'd never make more. And she goes, no, that's not how it works. And he goes, yep, that's socialism. I was yep, like, good. way to go, good. you know? So Yeah, that's good. I was, well, there's uh, some I was hope out there. Now you just need to have like 17 more kids? <laughs> no, that, uh, <laughs> that window has closed. Yeah. So. So. All right. Well, uh, if you're looking to get a hold of us, again, Facebook is the best place to do it. Bread and Circuses podcast on the Facebook page. That is where uh, I post all of our, you know, fun little memes and share all the stuff and put our episodes up. And you can like and comment and exchange uh, uh, messages with us and everything. So if you're looking for us, that's where we'll be. See you. Bye. 